You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Um, and I'm uh, going to be just teaching a little bit around some of my favorite subject matter because of all the impact it's had on my life. Um, and so we're calling today Freedom Sunday because we're going to be teaching a lot around freedom and deliverance and things of that nature, what it is. And um, we're not going to be able to get to everything in half an hour, so it's going to be a little bit like school. You're going to have homework because this following Wednesday is going to be a night of encounter of freedom, deliverance, and we're going to watch the Holy Spirit move. So if you get your phones out, if you can text HOMEWORK to 94090. There's a little bit more teaching in there to get you guys prepared in your hearts and mind to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you and through you on Wednesday night. So I encourage you to check out some of those videos, read some of the material. They're just going to further unpack this thing. And then if you receive some freedom today, uh, for you to stay in freedom so you don't go back to old habits, old mindsets, or old ways of thinking, you can also text, I am free. There's resources in there on how to... As the scripture says, renew your mind so you don't go back to the old ways and the old things. We want you to get freedom, stay in freedom, and then explode with an abundant life. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Well, um, my beautiful bride and I have been coming to the church for, this is our 15th year, and uh, we Always excited for what God's going to do every week. Never gets old. He's always doing something new. So I always love seeing fresh faces and watching the church grow. It's been a phenomenal journey. And we absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. So I don't want to waste any more time. But um, we're going to get into it. We're going to do some teaching here and we're going to do some ministry time. All right? All right. So... I grew up in church. It was Baptist, Methodist, uh, sometimes Catholic school, then Messianic Jew church. Um, Whatever my parents were seeking out that week, that's where we went. But um, there was a commonality of all of that religion and legalism, and that was there was no Holy Spirit. And um, I'm grateful for this church because they're not afraid to talk about Holy Spirit. We're not afraid to introduce the Holy Spirit. And we're not afraid to let the Holy Spirit flow and do what only He can do. I grew up in church where we talked about Jesus. We talked about the Father. But the Holy Spirit was, just get behind me, Holy Spirit. We don't know you. We can't control you. So we're afraid of you. You just stay over here. It's interesting because Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And there's a few pastors out there that will tell the Holy Spirit to get behind them. I fear for those pastors sometimes. But um, I'm so grateful for a church that openly speaks about the Holy Spirit, even when other churches said, do not talk about the Holy Spirit. Do not introduce him. Do not, do not, do not. And our pastor said, no, we didn't fly halfway around the world to bring people more of the same. We came to bring power. We came to bring life and a life more abundantly through the Holy Spirit. So I'm very grateful. I have to honor our lead pastors, Jürgen and Leanne, for being bold, for being courageous, and for not fearing man, but for fearing God and bringing the Holy Spirit and showing us how to live and be discipled and be discipled healthily. So very 
grateful to them and then also for them to bring speakers through that operate powerfully in power and authority in showing us that we can command sickness to leave and it leaves. We can command demons to go and they go. We can command a healing and things happen. And so it opened up this whole other side to Christianity that I never experienced before because growing up, everything was about everything happening to us. Uh, well, I guess this is going to know. Oh, no, we don't know what's going to happen. And it's victim, 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 Christian mentality, no power, no authority. And I come in here and I hear a different language. I hear authority. I hear commanding. And I'm like, what is this? This is amazing. I didn't know we could do that. I read about it in the Bible, but nobody was doing it. And so not just to do it, but then to raise up other leaders and coach and disciple and show them. I'm like, flip, we're doing the gospel. What a novel thought. Who would have thunk it? Um, So just so grateful for their discipleship and for their friendship and for their love for people. Their love for people is genuine. And I wouldn't be the person I am today without that. So they hold a special place in my heart. And so... Um, I'd read about Jesus delivering people, healing people. I believed it in my heart, but just wasn't seeing it until I had that encounter myself. We brought uh, Pastor Mark Connell through in 2008 and radically altered and shifted my life, my wife's life. We had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and we're able to go through our lives and dismantle things that we had come into agreement with. Well, you go through life and you get a bit slimed, right? You experience things. You go through grief, disappointment, discouragement, betrayal. You go, just go through life. Some things are our fault and some things aren't. But the importance being that we recognize that some of these things have had an impact. That we might have forgiven, but we don't realize how much it hurt. And so we can go through life and just squash it down and get cavalier and be like, no, I'm fine. I'm okay. And deep down, really, we're, these things go unresolved. And if I've learned anything, that is if I do not confront something in my heart, in my life, it will confront me. So either I can take initiative, even though if it wasn't my fault, take responsibility for my thoughts and my emotions, surrender them to God and allow his Holy Spirit to come in. There's nothing he can't do with your life. Amen. Amen? All right. So we're going to be talking a little bit about what we call strongholds. So we've gone through life, we've experienced some things, and there's perhaps we haven't dealt with things quite healthily or properly. And we're going to provide some time after service to, we're going to open up the altar. And if anything pops up to the surface while I'm talking, you start getting angry at me. That's okay. I won't take it personally. Um, You start feeling sick or a headache. That's not you. There's something working against you. So how many of you have gone through life and you're trying your hardest you're spinning your wheels. You just feel like you're hitting a ceiling. You just can't get breakthrough. Is anybody like that? Yeah, so that was my life and not realizing that there's uh, things in the spirit realm and then also the physical realm, but there are things in the spirit realm working against me. There's a kingdom of heaven and a kingdom of darkness. There is no vacuum. There is no neutrality. We're either working towards the kingdom of heaven or something else. And so if I come into agreements with things, or accept truths that aren't the truth, it's going to put a ceiling over my life. I'm going, to hit a, I'm going to spin my wheels. I'm going to put forth all this effort and not see any fruit. So I've got to recognize that something has happened, it's had an impact, and then bring it before the Lord so that he can redeem it, restore it, 
the trauma, the memory, whatever happened, we're going to unpack some of that. So we're going to talk about some strongholds and then we're going to go into time of ministry. All right? Great. Love it. Okay. So Galatians 5.15. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. So Jesus came to set the captives free. It is for freedom that he came to set us free, but we're called to freedom. We're called to liberty. Sounds like our constitution. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, for selfish gain, but through love serve one another. So this is important because one of the greatest commissions Jesus said was love the Lord your God, right? And like it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, God has a sense of humor because before I was a pastor, I actually didn't like people. <laughs> Dare I say, I kind of hated people, but I then also needed people. And there's this constant back and forth between I will use people through relationships to get what I need. And when I'm good, I'm going to hold you at arm's length because I don't trust people. I've been wounded. I've been hurt. And I'll go into isolation. And when I'm ready again, I'll let people back in again. Now, you, you can't establish healthy, well-rounded, long-term relationships when everything is on your terms. And because it's very myopic and in a, in a sense in itself, it's selfish, right? And so in realizing that, oh, I don't actually like people, I realized I didn't love myself. I didn't like who I was. So if I reject myself, I'm going to reject people. And then ultimately, I'll end up rejecting God. So therefore, I cannot even fulfill the greatest commission Jesus gave me, and that is to love my neighbor as I love myself. So if we can go through and forgive ourselves for our mistakes, for the things we've done, our regrets, for our decisions, and we can forgive other people, this is the beginning of freedom. Because now I am free from myself and my past and my memories to freely Love people from love, not for love. So God is the God of love. And if I spend time with love, I'm free to love. Instead of waking up and seeking love from other people, trying to fulfill something that they can't fulfill. So we are called to liberty, to serve one another. And this affects our marriage, our family, relationships. They're important, and this is something we can build. Relationships are like a garden must be cultivated and protected. Unresolved issues can grow and sabotage both life and ministry. Most people are unaware of hidden spiritual roots that sabotage relationship and intimacy. But we can break through spiritual strongholds, overcome the unseen, and that spiritual resistance I was telling you about because it's not flesh and blood that we war against. What manifests in the spirit realm will manifest in the physical realm. So if I take care of business in the spirit realm first, things will begin to shift in the physical realm. Amen? So we can break through and then we can build and build the way God intended it. So we've got to look at the fruit of our life. Yay. <laughs> We know ourselves pretty well. We don't have to look that hard to, to find fruit we don't like, right? Because Luke 6.43 says, A good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns. They do not gather grapes from a bramble bush. 
A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So all I really need to do is listen to my language. Do I have bad preconceived notions around a conversation I'm about to have? Have I predetermined the outcome of that conversation? Oh, it's going to go bad. They're not going to like it. This isn't going to turn out the way I thought it was. And we start becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's death and life from the power of the tongue. So, naturally, we recognize a tree by the kind of fruit that it brings forth. In the same way, spiritual roots produce spiritual fruit, good or bad. So unless the root is removed, it will continue to sprout and produce that same fruit. So society, science, psychology, counseling even, they will look at the fruit and they just try to treat the fruit. Try to spray it with something or we try to drug it, prescribe it. And we're frustrated because the fruit doesn't change. But we've got to get rid of the root of the issue rip it out, plant a new seed. So if I'm sick of apples, I got to get rid of the apple tree and plant something like peaches or figs or something. And so if I want more of that fruit, I need to reproduce that seed. Right? So learning new skills, making resolutions, trying harder, they're not going to deal with the spiritual root. My life is a testament of trying to change that. Jesus reveals that the heart is basically the soil that produces fruit, good and bad. Right? So our spiritual roots must be identified and removed, and love must be cultivated and increased. Love is like watering the heart. In fact, Scripture says hope deferred makes one sick. So if I don't have... Faith, hope, or love. My life's looking pretty... (laughs) So how do we address this? Well, we're going to talk about these strongholds. And they must be demolished. So 2 Corinthians 10.4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is powerful because you can have that negative or toxic thought and you can bring it before the Lord and you can surrender it to God and it must be obedient to the name of Jesus, which means that it doesn't have to take root. It doesn't have to live there. It doesn't have to fester. We do not have to meditate on that. We can give it to Jesus and it That spirit behind it has to obey the name of Jesus. This is the power and authority we've been given. And the power in the name of Jesus. So we are in warfare against unseen wicked things, spirit beings in the spirit world, not against people. Our enemy is never really people. People are not a problem. People have problems. And so it's not a fleshly thing. People are going to be people and do silly things. I get that. They're going to wound. They're going to hurt. They're going to say things that cut deep. But this is where Jesus comes in with his love and his power to bring healing 
to bring forgiveness and restoration. And that nothing is too far gone for God to redeem. So we are in warfare against wicked spirit beings. So our conflicts with people are often the fruit of of an activity unseen with wicked spirits. Jesus has equipped us with spiritual weapons and given us authority to overcome those things. So pulling down literally means destroying, destruction, tearing down, demolition. So every work against me, I've been given the power and authority to tear it down. This means I need to take on some responsibility. Oh, we love that word, don't we? God, it's not fair. It's not my fault. Why do I have to put in the work? God, this isn't fair. I didn't ask for this. He knows that. But when we take responsibility and we go to war in the spirit for our friends, our family, and for ourselves, and we tear down and we exercise the authority and power he gave us, you will see that many things can be broken through. He's just asking us to partner with him. This is part of being stretched a little bit as a Christian, growing a little bit as a Christian, and maturing as a Christian, going from milk to meat, learning the tools that God has given us and using the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. They are freely given. Amen? All right. There must be an intentional effort to remove spiritual roots and strongholds. Freedom is a legacy. We must take hold of it. So what is a stronghold? It's a fortified place or a fortress, a place of survival or refuge, an area dominated or occupied by a special group of people, a place that serves as a center of any group. But a spiritual stronghold is an ungodly mindset, a way of thinking, a way of behaving that has become established over time, strongly resists change, is empowered by unseen evil spirits, undermines building relationships and success in life, increased loneliness and isolation, and actively obstructs experiencing and knowing God. So like I said, I had this stronghold of rejection in my life. I had a stronghold of insecurity in my life. I didn't like myself, so I would go into isolation, and then I'd go back out, go back into isolation. I could never maintain relationships. How the heck am I supposed to maintain a marriage? If that's my habit and the cycle that's been going on, and guess what? It didn't maintain a marriage. And I'm grateful for this church because when we came in, our marriage was out the back door, done. Wife was drawing up divorce papers. And coming into the house and submitting and surrendering everything, I've done everything in my own strength. It ain't working out. I keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. And some people say that's a definition of insanity. And so coming in and coming against these things that are trying to resist any type of good thing I was trying to do in my marriage and my own strength, to break that down, to not be lonely anymore. Because you can be married and be lonely. You can have friends and be lonely. It's all about the condition of our heart and how much we're willing to let the Father in and how much we're willing to let people in. So if trust has been violated, guess what? We're not going to let people back in. If we've been betrayed and we haven't healed... 
We're not going to let people back in. If we haven't forgiven ourselves or forgiven people, we're going to hit a ceiling. So, some examples of a stronghold come through generations. There are some that have been, and you'll see patterns in the family line. Sickness, disease, my uncle had cancer, my cousin has cancer, my mom has cancer, da 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 da, da. You'll see generational curses um, or control and manipulation. Every generation has struggled with hidden spirits. And if you haven't seen family being able to overcome them, then you know something is operating there. But you are the generation to overcome those strongholds. Sometimes they're secret, they're covered, hidden away to avoid possible rejection or shaming. So sometimes a family goes through a bit of a scandal and things are put forward like, hey, don't tell anyone. If anybody finds out, the police are going to come. You're going to be taken away. It's going to bring shame to the family. We have honor. There's a million excuses under the sun to not let this thing out and confront it out of fear, fear of man, fear of rejection. And so sometimes children end up with this burden of secrecy. They're not meant to carry that. It's too heavy for them. And it can even rob them of innocence. And they grow up with this pressure and responsibility they were never meant to carry. Secret, secrets can really crush a child. So secret sin, uh, just secrecy in general, sometimes they're obvious. Attracting criticism, judgments, rejection, strife, conflict. All strongholds are a source of suffering and shame. Conflicts and strife in relationships reveal a lack of mature love and the presence of hidden strongholds. So my mom was an orphan growing up. She went from foster home to foster home, never adopted. And when she turned 18, the orphanage was just like, there you go, see you later, good luck, have a good life. And so going through a life of rejection and not actually knowing how to love, but living out of fear, fear was the atmosphere of my home. Fear was our language, right? And so when you have that and you grow up in a Christianity that's powerless, it's almost pointless, because everything's happening to us, nothing's happening because of us. You get to a point where either this is real or it's not. And it's good to seek it out. Because I went from church to church to church to church looking for something different. And this was the only house in San Diego that brought something different. And so I had to recognize that I've been raised in this atmosphere, in this language, Fear of man, fear of the future, fear of failure, even fear of success. There's a lot of fear. Rejection, an orphan spirit even through the family line. Recognizing this had an effect on our family. This had an effect on my life. It changed how I perceived things. I saw through a different filter. Had that negative mindset that nothing ever good was going to turn out. And so when we talk about freedom, sometimes God will come in and he'll quickly do a thing, heal a thing. You'll get breakthrough instantly. But freedom is a journey. It is a process. It's not always instantaneous. 
There are times I have to choose to put in the work. I have to choose to confront that thing before it deals with me. So God in his sovereignty will move powerfully. But then I have the responsibility for my life and for my relationship with God. Relationships will always cost us two things, time and money. And if we expect this relationship to yield any fruit, I've got to put in the time. Amen. So as a pastor and a leader, we're not Jesus. Spoiler alert. All right. We're not going to pretend to be Jesus to you, for you. We had to coach, disciple, and show you the way. And always, will always lead to Jesus himself. We do not want that responsibility or that weight. All right. So. You are responsible for you. We're just going to point the way. Amen? Amen. Okay. Amen. You guys all right? Yeah. Okay. So let's look at some examples of strongholds. I can tell you this in my journey in this church in 15 years with the Holy Spirit. All freedom, all freedom, all breakthrough begins with forgiveness. Wow. Forgiving yourself, which can be one of the harder things. Forgiving others and releasing it to God. So, We can forgive, but then we also need to acknowledge that whatever happened had an impact on me. It affected me. It changed the way I thought, the way I conducted myself. It had an impact. And too often we can be like, yeah, 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 I've forgiven that person. We get cavalier and we just kind of brush over it and we squash it down. But we haven't really dealt with the heart, with that heart wound or even soul wound if we've gone through betrayal. In 2019, I'd I'd taken on a role as a uh, director of operations, and we'd bought a company, and we'd built it from the ground up, and it was fun. It was exciting. This thing started to really crank. We had fun building the team, building this business, was doing well. And then COVID came along, and all of a sudden, it was all taken away. It's very disappointing. But then I found myself angry towards certain politicians, angry towards certain leadership in the company, angry towards certain people in different positions and titles, and that that anger led to bitterness, bitter judgments, more anger. And so I found myself just being an angry person, a lot of unforgiveness towards people, because I felt like this thing had been taken away from me. There was a sense of grief. There was a sense of loss. I didn't know when it was coming back. And then three months later... My mom was admitted into hospital for something random, was misdiagnosed, released home, and then died. Again, more, I don't understand what's going on. Angry at the doctors, angry at the nurses, angry, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, grief. And it just kind of like festered a bit. Because when we feel like we don't understand, we feel validated in our grief and anger. And we're not going to always understand everything. We're not always going to know why. And so this was just recent. This was 2020. But I can tell you this. When we're in that place, we only stay there as long as we have to because that's up to us. We don't have to stay there. God's just waiting for us to bring it to him, to surrender it. To invite his Holy Spirit to come and to minister to us. And this is something fresh that I've just walked through. So bitterness and unforgiveness, 
It's a root that defiles all relationships and produces destructive behavior cycles. Unresolved childhood issues are a major source of anger and bitterness. This can be directed at a parent who's failed or withheld love. Unresolved pain experience grows into bitterness and we can end up dishonoring our parents. Introduces ongoing cycle of relationship issues in marriage and family. Bitterness causes major struggles with intimacy and connection to love. I can tell you that my life is the fruit of just being, getting good with forgiveness. It becomes a lifestyle. I found that we don't ever really get away from it. Because we're going to go through some things. We're going to go through life. And so if I can learn to forgive everyone, everything, every day, it's just going to set my life up for success. If I could have the keys and the, and the team come up, that'd be great. So forgiveness becomes a lifestyle. These things don't have to take root. And it's less work to continue to up, uproot them. Because Jesus actually commanded us to forgive. And poor Peter said, God, how many, how many times should I forgive someone? A fisherman, like a fisherman knows multiplication. 70 times 7. He's like, okay, that's a lot. I found that there's no real cap on it. And so what's interesting about that 70 times 7 is that that equates to 740 around there. My multiplication's not super great right now. But that's the amount of times that bread is mentioned in the Bible. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. So when we take communion, it's forgiveness. It's redemption. It's a new beginning. God just doesn't do things because he feels like there's an intention behind it. I really actually had to forgive my mom for, it wasn't her fault the way she was brought up, but I had to walk through forgiveness on how we were brought up because no one had taught her how to break those generational curses. No one had taught her how to break those cycles. And so I walked through a process of forgiving my mom. And I'm so glad I did because the Holy Spirit called me to honor her one day. And I was like, oh man. You asked me to forgive her, and now you're asking me to honor her. Wow, that's a tall order. I don't know if I can. So the Holy Spirit, who's known as the helper and the comforter, I'm like, dear Jesus, Holy Spirit, I need your help. How do I do this? Because along the life of forgiveness is also one of obedience. So I always want to try to be obedient to the Holy Spirit when he calls me to do difficult things. And so the Holy Spirit was so beautiful, he showed me how to honor my mother. Because it says in Scripture, hey, if you honor your parents, it's going to go well for you. <laughs> Otherwise, there's a curse attached to that if you don't. And I did, in my own way, with the help of the Holy Spirit. And six months later, she passed away. 
I can't imagine the regret I would be living through if I hadn't just did it with a smile on my face, but walked through that forgiving, even though it wasn't her fault. She didn't know. But I had unresolved anger and bitterness towards her that I needed to deal with in my heart. And then learning to honor her. I have peace because, and I'm not patting myself on the back, I'm just saying how grateful I am to not have regret, to not have anger and bitterness to someone I can no longer resolve with because they're not here. So, I'm out of time, but we're going to provide an opportunity. I'm going to pray a prayer. I can't make you pray it. That's up to you. Depends on if you want to deal with your stuff. (laughs) You can live the way you continue to living, but if I told you there was one thing you could do that could change your life to get into freedom, wouldn't you do it? Bro, I got this one stock. If you buy this stock, it's going to explode. It's going to change your life. Be like, yeah, sign me up. Forgiveness is that. Forgiveness is that. And it's the first step to freedom. So if you guys want to close your eyes, if there's somebody that has, you feel has betrayed you, you feel that it has wounded you, they've hurt you, they've offended you, You know that they have because when you think about them, there's a lot of energy behind it. You feel a bit angry, bitter, resentment. Keep thinking about what you're going to say to them the next time you see them. It might be multiple people. That's okay. I'd stored up quite a list of people in my life. I want you to recall their faces and their names. And we're going to walk through a prayer. Maybe they've even rejected you. Feel like they've abandoned you. Let's have you repeat after me. Say, in Jesus' name, I lift up every person that has wounded me that has abandoned me, betrayed me, hurt me, disappointed me, or discouraged me. Father, I lift them up before you. I forgive them. I release them to you. Thank you for forgiving me. And I renounce all agreements with bitterness, with anger, with any unclean and wicked spirit that came in on unforgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for healing my heart, for healing my soul and my mind now in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Great job, guys. It doesn't have to be this complicated thing. It's 
you opening up your heart to the Father and receiving His love, His loving kindness, His healing. It's a free gift. So we're going to end the service, but we're going to have the ministry team down here. And if anything came up while I was speaking, like you wanted to punch me in the face, we felt angry, it was stuff just was bubbling up to the surface. Come down and get prayer. I've done it a million times. I still do it to this day. I just need to deal with something. We're going to be down here. We're going to end the service. Michael's going to come up and dismiss it, Pastor Michael. And it's going to be an amazing day. So I want you guys to do your homework. Get your hearts and minds prepared and ready for Wednesday night. Heather's going to tear it up. It's going to be a great night. It's going to be freedom. And you're going to see how God intended you to live. Not with bondage. Not with oppression. But with freedom. Your minds will be healed. Bodies will be healed. Hearts will be healed. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.